All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Dudes in One Cart. Uh, John is in Florida currently on a golf uh, vacation. Sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background. Uh, but I am joined with Brad Allen. Brad, how you doing tonight? Steve, I'm doing great. How are you? Lucky John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's out there with the with a few of the boys. I was gonna go, but passed this year. Um, but they're having a good time. I've been getting updates. He's shooting some videos that we're gonna uh, post on our YouTube channel. So uh, it should be great. Good. I'm glad he's having a good time. I tell you what, being out of this weather, anything's good. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they had a frost delay this morning in Florida. Ah! <laughs> Serves them right then. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, "That's what you get." It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. So I wanted to give everybody just a little bit of background on uh, what I know of you. Um, uh, basically, uh, I watched Brad do some pretty remarkable work out at a course called Heartland Crossing here in Indiana. I know a lot of people are familiar with that. I I played it probably at at its worst uh, when they had some temporary greens mowed in. Um, the course has always had a little bit of trouble with ownership and I watched Brad really bring this back and, uh, do amazing work with a small budget and revitalize the course. Um, it still has his fingerprints on it today. I just played it on Christmas Eve, I believe was the last time I played it. Mm. Um, but Brad, now you've moved over to, to, uh, Hickory stick and, uh, How's that going for you? Oh, it's Steve. It's it's a it's a great opportunity, and uh, we're having a lot of fun over there. Um, it's a it's a totally different uh, demographic, of course. It's in Center Grove, uh, Heartland Crossing. Just as you mentioned, has gone through several ownership groups and has has had uh, some good opportunities. And we we did our best over there with what we were given. And I think that the current group that's there now is doing a, a good job, also in, in continuing that work. Um, but but Hickory Stick is one of those facilities that uh, has been purchased by a group of individuals who really want to just make a big splash in the uh, South Side golf market. Um, and they're doing that in, in multiple ways. And I'm excited to be part of it. They're they're uh, they just uh, just finished up a, a, a restaurant which is open to the public. The whole facility is a public facility. Um, we're going to be doing a, uh, we're in the middle of working on uh, either a, like a track man type of a range uh, with games and things like that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're working on that process right now and then continued updates throughout the golf course. So it's a, it's a facility that's a lot of fun and that's the design. That's the idea behind it is just to really make sure people that get the opportunity to come out and play leave with with a smile on their face and that's what we're after well now where where are they going to put is this going to be the track man going to be kind of a indoor type thing or are they doing something new right there on their existing range it's a little bit of both so like i said it's still it's still up in the air all we're doing right now is we've we're, we've got uh, quotes together um we've got some opportunities with uh, with several of the, the groups that are similar to TrackMan. There's about four or five different um, software companies that do that sort of thing. TrackMan is just one that everybody's familiar with. Um, so it's been presented to put it on the actual current range. Um, it's been presented to put it in a different spot that maybe not, is not necessarily right next to the range, but off to the side a little bit. Um, right now, it's just, it's we're kind of in the exploratory phase, but we know... Um, from talking with other groups and people that have done it, that it is a, it's a hit. It's a really big hit. And a lot of people really enjoy um, playing the games. And then at the same time, if you don't want to necessarily play the games that that software or any of the softwares have to offer, and you really want to kind of dial down in your, on your game and you're trying to really improve and figure out, you know, how to, how to be a better ball striker, even if you're already a 10 handicap, um, it's got that capability also. So right now it's, it's, we're looking at, like I said, we're looking at the range, we're looking at the side of the range, we're looking all over the place and we're just kind of figuring out what works best for us at this point in time. Yeah. And, you know, speaking as a, as a golfer, um, I think that's a great addition just, just for the simple fact that when you're out there on the range, 
and uh, maybe it's a, an early morning or whatever, you have a hard time really seeing uh, where your ball is actually flying. And to have that kind of information you know, at your fingertips, so to speak, is pretty invaluable, especially even when you're out there just say you're hitting some wedges, you're just trying to get that distance dialed in and to be able to see those numbers. I, I do. I think that's great. And I think that'll be a, that'll be a hit with all your members and with the public. Yeah, we think so too. Our range, our range, uh, just as you're, as you were mentioning, our range faces the South. So when that sun is coming up in the mornings and in, in the middle of the summer, it's, you know, it's in your face. It's, 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 well, not directly in your face in the morning, but you know, 11 o'clock, whatever, it's right overhead and it's, it's harder to see that ball. So there's, there's a lot of excitement about it as far as the partnership group goes and, and the and management of things of what's going to happen with it and when it's going to happen. Uh, but certainly we are, uh, we're a lot further along than just, you know, kind of talking about it. Right. So Brad, give us a little bit of, uh, what's your background and how you got started, uh, you know, getting into the, the superintendent game, if you will. Yeah. My, um, my childhood, I grew up in Danville, Indiana, not far from where I'm at now. Um, and a golf course was being built over there, twin bridges. Everybody is very familiar with that. Yeah. Um, and while it was being, while it was under construction, I just worked out there as a summer kid, uh, summer help. And I was picking rocks and sticks and stuff like that out of what was going to end up being fairway. Um, and the, the superintendent out there uh, at the time said, Hey, why don't you maybe look into making this, you know, into a, like a career, you need to do some education. Maybe you need to look at another couple facilities, that kind of thing. And it just, it just stuck with me. So I've been doing this uh, technically uh, since the age of tender age of 16. Um, but I went from Twin Bridges once we got it open and going. Uh, after graduating high school, I went to Meridian Hills for five years. I was up there as a, uh, a, a seasonal laborer, and then I moved into an assistance position. And then I also started uh, my edu formal education at Penn State University. And I would go over to Penn State. They have a turf grass program specifically designed around golf course turf grass management. Um, and you would go late September and you'd be done um, early. If I remember right, it was early March. So that way you had plenty of time on the golf course. It was a two-year program. And uh, I I mean, I loved it. You were busy. They, they fit a lot in there at one time. But uh, after graduating that, I ended up at uh, the Country Club of Indianapolis as my as a the, the assistant superintendent took the three years there and then I went on to be in a my first role as a superintendent out in Greenfield the little place called Hawkstail is what it's called now mm -hmm. uh, wasn't there terribly long they moved into a uh, a sale they ended up selling the facility and I was fortunate enough to to be able to move up to uh, Anderson in a, in a renovation that was being done at Edgewood. Uh, used to be Edgewood Country Club. Now it's just called the Edge, um, and we did a lot there, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, moved around a little bit more. Met my wife while I was up that way. We actually traveled well, with her job down to Bloomington, and I took over the superintendent's role at Harrison Lake Country Club, and was there for six years. That was a great experience. And then finally made it back up here in the Indianapolis area, and like you said, was at Heartland for a couple of years, and now I'm at Hickory Stick. So I'm a well-traveled individual, that's for sure. I've seen a lot of good. I've seen a lot of bad. Um, but that's kind of the uh, the background as for where I what I've done, how I've done it. Uh, along the way, I ended up um, learning that it was probably a good idea for me to continue with my education. So I ended up getting what's called a Certified Golf Course Superintendent's Association or Certified Golf Course Superintendent's Certificate, uh, CGCS. Um and that for me was a was a really wonderful thing. It's just a full year of education beyond what I've already done. And and that is that's been a wonderful thing through the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. Well, it sounds like you had a it sounds like you had a really good trip around, really. I mean, you, you've got some uh, you know, you got your beginning experience, uh, you were involved in a renovation. Um it sounds like it worked you right into where you're at today. You got you well-rounded, got you a lot of information. Um, 
how would you how would you define what your what your job or what your role is on a daily basis at Hickory Stick or just in general? Yeah, at Hickory Stick, I'm very much a uh, uh, delegator type of a role because we have some very talented assistants and individuals that work at Hickory Stick. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I can take the opportunity to go around the facility at the golf course, really get an idea of what's going on, hit some shots, play some putts, do some things, get an idea of where things are at, and then we kind of adjust where we need to be. Um, I do take most of the rollover as far as the uh, chemical and fertilizer applications go on, on all that, but the the day-to-day uh, maintenance, uh, the crew is just, they're just top notch. So I can assign what I want to assign and then I can go out and see where we need to adjust and what needs to be done. Usually irrigation is something that is always on the, the minds of golf superintendents. So that's something that we spend a lot of time on. Um, but that's, that's really what we do. And I've also taken over at Hickory stick, the facilities role. So part of my, part of my duties is also helping out in the clubhouse making sure filters are changed, making sure things are going the way they're supposed to do. There's no, uh, no problems inside as far as maintenance wise of the golf of the clubhouse and, and that type of thing. And that's, that's kind of fun to do also, cause it's just a little change. Um, but the, uh, like I said, the crew itself, they're just, they're just great folks at, at Hickory stick. So I, we, we, uh, we, uh, we're a pretty good team, pretty good team. That sounds like it. Sounds like you got a good, good gig going there. So do you, um, as far as the clubhouse goes, when you're going, are you calling in subcontractors? Like if you have electrical issues or, uh, you know, general, uh, you know, say construction maintenance problems, you're doing that as well? Yes. If it's beyond our, our regular scope of work, uh, if absolutely. Um, so we're, we're currently in the clubhouse uh, with the new restaurant. Turns out that we needed more and we, we're working on that now. We need more power in the restaurant, uh, in the clubhouse for more air conditioning in particular. Um, so we're actually in the middle of getting a new uh, new service to the clubhouse, new 200 amp service to be able to do that. And I'm a, I'm a big part of that, making sure that all the uh, contractors are lined up, um, the boring is all lined up, all that stuff is is all part of is all part of in, in the scope of what I will be helping out with. Um, and but then the smaller things like you know, just installing, let's just say like installing landscaping lighting, you know, that's the type of stuff that we, we do in house. Right. You know, so the, the smaller things, the easier things, the stuff that not, we're not going to get ourselves electrocuted. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that, that type of stuff. Uh, we keep that in house and we're happy to do that. So here's something I think a lot of people want to know. Um, what is the biggest complaint you receive from members or the public or or do you get though do those make it to you yeah absolutely uh, and I'm, we're always happy to have complaints because um that means people care you know they're they're concerned about certain things if somebody just has a round of golf and then they they just spout off on on the web we can't fix what their complaint might have been or make make it right for them you know uh, uh, that type of thing <clears throat> but the biggest the biggest complaint, and it, it depends on what facility you're at, but at public golf courses like Hickory Stick or, or other facilities like that, um, the biggest complaint happens to be how beat up the golf course can get sometimes um, right. because there's so much there's so much play. We're just so busy, um, and it's a wonderful thing that we're busy, um, but sometimes the golf course can get a little bit beat up, and let's say like people don't typically rake their bunkers, rake their, I mean, rake their tracks out of the bunkers or right. they're not filling divots and fairways and that sort of thing. So it falls back on their maintenance department to make sure that we're on top of those things as much as we possibly can. Um, then, and then it, let's say it's a private facility. You don't really have to worry much as much about, um, you know, being, uh, the, the conditions being beat up too much because you're not, you don't have as much play. But a lot of those individuals at the private facilities are more concerned about the condition of and speed of greens. Um, and green speed is a big deal when you have people that are sub-10 handicaps 
they like a really quick green. And then you right. got the people that are that are that are above above a ten, and a quick green makes their life miserable. So you got to find a, you got to find a happy medium in there, and that's usually the biggest complaint that you have at a private facility, is trying to find that happy medium. At at a public facility, I'm shooting for nine and a half, ten as far as that goes on a uh, on a on a daily basis for for hickory stick. Um, it's not too quick, it's not too slow, it's about right, it's about in the medium. You know, if I'm getting people that are saying, boy, those greens are the fastest I've played. And the other people that are saying, boy, those things are slow. Then I know I'm doing it right. You know? Right. Uh, that's typically where the where the complaints come at. I, I will say, and this it's been a long time since I've seen this happen, but uh, it was in the, it was still in, it was the summertime and me and uh, I think, I think we had a foursome out there and it was, it was, it was a really hot day. And I will say this, that, uh, I didn't get the gentleman's name, but he came out at Hickory Sticks. Saw we were backed up a little bit and complete just immediately rectified it. Went up, got with the group ahead of us because we were coming down ten, and they were sitting under the tree on a uh, twelve there by the uh, par three. You know, just whatever, just outside the par three green. Mm-hmm. And he said, Hey, what's going on? I said, well, I, th I think these guys ahead of us are a little overheated and we're taking a break. And he goes, well, let me, uh, let me run up there and say something to him. And I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm not a big, I, you know, pace of play is pace of play. I think everybody pays the same, you know, sometimes it, it does get a little grueling tempers flare, but I was appreciative of that. You don't see that at a lot of public courses anymore. Yeah. You really, you really don't. The, Pace of play was a was a real um, concern for a lot of facilities right after COVID because everybody was playing golf. I mean, we just had this huge boom and we're still having this COVID boom, if you will. People getting out and playing. So we've got a lot more players that have never played golf. Now that we're a couple of years past that, people have got a little more experience under their belt and they're playing a little bit quicker. Um, technology's helped out a lot at Hickory Stick. We just purchased a bunch of uh, our new fleet has the GPS carts um, or the GPS monitors on it. So it tells you about where you're at in your round, how, if you need to be speeding up, slowing down. And it also gives the Rangers and individuals the opportunity to say, Hey, we got a bottleneck here. Um, let's go fix it before there be, happens to be complaints. Technology is a wonderful thing uh, for, for space of play. Right. I, I, I totally agree. I love when they have those in the car. I love, I, I like them in the cart, but I tell you what, I like them when they're on the backside of the cart when you're getting ready to pull your club. Mm, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Those are <laughs> those are outstanding because you're looking at it going, yeah, I'm pretty sure I need to club up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is great. We don't have that technology, but that stuff is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the same, but I I I think that is clubs that are doing that. I think I think that's great because, yeah. like you said, it even for me, I mean. I've got the laser range finder and that, that takes time. Yeah. You, know, you can look at the cart and you can go, okay, well, it's, you know, I'm 135 out. I know what club I need to grab and go out yeah. there and hit, hit the ball. Yeah, it really does. It speeds it up. You can, you can also use those monitors for, I mean, those, those things, they can do any, every, almost everything with it. They, you, you can advertise on those things. You can talk about, um, you know, order food through those, through the, through the monitors. I mean, that's just, it's just great technology. I love it. What, uh, what, if any items would you want to get through? I've got notes written down here and I put, uh, get through golfers, thick skulls on things that would, I don't know if I would say make your job easier. Um, and it may just come down to raking bunkers, filling divots, you know, fixing your ball marks, stuff like that. But is there anything that, you see on a daily basis that you think, man, I, I wish these guys would just do X. You know, honestly, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, it's just raking bunkers, fixing ball marks and filling divots. Uh, that helps out tremendously. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down for you just, just a little bit. Filling divots, for example. Um, we have at, at Hickory this year, past year, we had one, one individual that would work from 8 a.m. to about 2 p.m. every single day filling divots on tees. 
um, and it made a difference and people were happy with that. But you start adding those hours up um, and it is significant. It's a significant chunk of change as far as labor goes. Um, bunkers, it takes us about because there's several bunkers out there. Right. If people were to rake out their bunkers, um, it would save labor and maintenance about four hours every single day that we rake bunkers. And we typically rake bunkers uh, about three to four times a week, just depending on how busy we are, you know, so it's a labor saver. And ultimately, if you're, if you're able to save labor on certain things, uh, you're able to make the actual plane surfaces better. Um, And it it does come down to that. that for us and for most golf superintendents, I can, I can probably say if players were to, to do those three things, it would make a huge difference in in the labor budget, which would ultimately translate into a better golf course. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, and I you know I, I I mean I'm guilty of it too. There's been times I haven't raked a bunker, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, I I I don't mind fixing divots, especially in the fairway, especially on tee boxes, and I really despise ball marks because you know, <laughs> yeah. well it's just it's just one of those things, you know. Whenever I'm up there, if I'm fixing one, I'm fixing three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know, putting putting's not the the hardest, nor is it the easiest, but it makes it a lot better when you're not going through bumps and bruises <laughs> all the way across the green to the hole, especially if you got a eight ten footer. That's the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. You got you line it up, and it it takes a hard left or a hard right. You're like, how did that even happen? Where is? And then it's usually a ball mark of some sort that messes it up. Right. What What do you think? What do you think the major issues you what do you think the major issues are facing public golf courses today? And what do you think over the next five years, what do you think could be problems or could be struggles? Um, golf is changing um, to the point that it's it's coming out of its uh, let's just in public facilities, coming out of its its hoity-toity phase if you will people are now wanting to get onto a golf course and have fun and have a good time and enjoy their rounds Um, and it needs to be a fast round so you have to find and we have to be able to give those players the opportunity to play quickly because nobody has time anymore and they have to have a good time at the same at the same time so those are the things that I see are going to be the not necessarily the problems, but the things that we have to continue to solve. Uh, now we're getting closer uh, to doing that as as, a, as an industry. By there was a there was a push a year a couple of years ago, and you guys, I'm sure everybody saw it. It was like it was from the uh, USGA, if I remember right, or maybe it was the PGA. Either way, it was it was, it was the the tee it forward program uh, where they had mentioned, hey, let's you don't have to play it. The, the very back tees you're not that great you know what i mean right tf4 enjoy your round and enjoy what you're doing that's the type of thing that we're as an as a industry that we're trying to get through and can trying to move towards that way is a faster round and a more enjoyable round and that's the that's five years from now if we haven't solved that problem uh we're going to come into a situation where we're going to start losing all of these people that we've put on since COVID began. Um, and then second, and the second, really quite honestly, is cost. Cost will always be a concern for folks. It costs so stinking much um, to play a round of golf um, at a facility uh, that is a higher tier facility. And when you're there, if you're not enjoying it because you're, the play is slow or it's not fun, you're not coming back. Um, everything costs more now. We all know that. Everything does. Anything that has the name golf associated with it feels like it costs double. Um, and that's my side, also the maintenance side. Uh, things are just so much more expensive. So pace of play, making sure that we're make, making sure people are having fun, and then trying to keep our costs down so that way it's an a affordable round of golf. Yeah, it's. It, I wouldn't say it's a sore subject for me, but <clears throat> it's it's hard for me to. Um, I don't know what the right word here is, but the, the pace of play, especially when you're trying to get new people involved in golf, and 
but you want them to do it in a hurry. It's a, it's a little difficult. And I'll share another uh, a, a quick story about hickory stick. And this is before your time over there. But I was walking as a single and uh, was keeping up with the group in front of me. And they were, they were a twosome. And it was a father and a son. And the son was learning to play golf. And I had a, a, a group of four and, a you know, a foursome pull up behind me and say, hey, buddy, what's going on? I said, I said, nothing. I said, you guys can play three. He was like, no, you got, you're, you're playing fast enough. But you know, and they, they were a little upset about the group in front of us. I'm like, Hey man, it's a guy teaching his kid how to play golf. You know I mean? What do you, what do you, I just don't know how we fix that. I don't know how you say, Hey, we want you to come out and play, but man, we want you to play as fast as possible. It's, it's almost to get into the point where can you really get out there and enjoy it anymore? Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a concern that we've always had uh, because, because with new players, they're playing slower. They're going to play slower. Uh, Hickory stick is a fairly difficult facility. If you knock it left or right of the fairways, there's a bunch of that tall stuff. Um, So it's, it's very, it's a very, uh, we're always concerned about that. Uh, Making sure that people can enjoy their, enjoy the round, but still play quickly. And that comes down to making sure that, the player that is just now learning can hit a ball and still find their ball and advance their ball forward. So at our facility, what we've started to do is take into account, all right, these guys aren't going to be able to drive this ball past this point. Uh, Let's make sure this area is mowed out and more. So that way you can find a golf ball uh, and, 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 and continue to advance it forward. But at the same time, making sure that the more advanced player is, is, if they're missing the shot significantly, they they're penalized for it. Um, so that's, that's important for us is to make golf more appealing to players that have us uh, that are going to be slower, but they've got to be able to find their, their, their ball to be able to do that. The other thing uh, when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, letting people um, and, and people knowing that it, there is a slow player ahead of you, with the new technology that we've got, if they've got a cart, for example, we can be able to um, get in, get into that group and say, Hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to ranger you guys just for a minute. We're going to let these two or three groups ahead of you because you're here just to have fun. And then they can play on forward. Um, So it's important that we, as a, as a management team, make sure that if there's a hang up, we need to find out what it is and then make some adjustments. Yeah, I, and I, I I agree with that. I, I think a lot falls on whether or not you have a a, a starter involved, and that guys are really paying attention to. Hey, our tee times at nine forty five, not nine forty, not nine forty three, and because generally most courses, you know, they do try to schedule tight, but if you play it to the time generally it, it works out you know you guys go par four par four short par four then par three and then into that par five which can get a little dicey right there but if, if everybody starts at the right time it really works out there it's it's the same as uh, playing out of heartland i used to tell guys hey i don't even want to tee off on the first hole until i see the group in front of me hit a ball on the par three Mm-hmm. you know so that way you're so that way you're open but I, do you agree with that do you think a lot of that relies on whether or not you have a starter out there or the guys tee off at their tee time not before not after oh yeah no question but no question Steve. It's, it, a starter is very important uh to be able to, to to basically just get people moving when they need to get going um and then and then realize and, and understand uh once he's once he's seeing who's playing, like okay, even before the guys even before the guys get any anything further than the first hole, he's going to be able to he or she is going to be able to uh, to notice that group is probably going to be a slow group, and then mark that down and then make sure that we're aware of that sort of thing. Yeah, starters are really really important thing. That's something that we haven't haven't had in the years past, but we're actually going to be having this year. We're excited about that too. Yeah, and I I think that's. That's tremendous. And I, I try to explain that sometimes to people and they go, man, it's, 
it's a little more expensive to play here than it is there. And I'm like, well, you know, like for Hickory, for instance, say, hey, well, you know what? But you have the labor, you have the people involved, you have a starter, you have a ranger out, you know, those things, those are costs, but those can benefit you because they're going to go out. And, you know, if you got to agree, even if you have, you know, you may have a guy drop a, an extra ball on the fairway or whatever, that that's not a big deal, but mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a situation where one group feels like they need to be authoritative and drive up to the other group. You know what oh. I mean? I think it's just, Hey, you know what, if you got a problem, let's just get the Rangers say, Hey, can you just go see if these guys will speed up or if there's an issue, so on and so forth. And I think that's worth a little added extra cost that there may be in a, in the, you know, in your green fee or what have you. One, 100%. We, we want to try to avoid um, conflict between players. That's, you know, that's not what they're there for. They didn't, they didn't pay to have a conflict. You know, they're not there to fight. Um, you know, so if something like that were to ever occur, it would it would be just ridiculous. We just don't like that. Nobody does. And that's where the technology can come come in. And if you do run into a facility, a group that's real slow, you push the clubhouse button, contact the clubhouse, and you say, hey, what's going on up here? And then it's usually um, uh, it, it pretty easy to easy to get somebody out there and start moving some things around. Yeah, you're right. Doing that. And that ruins your round too. You know, when you get into that kind of thing and I've been, I've been part of that too. And like, Hey, we need, can we play through? And they're like, no, we don't want to play through. And then everybody gets mad at everybody's hitting up on everybody. Um, that just ruins your round and you, and you, you leave the place not enjoying it. And that is not what we're after. Yeah. And that's, 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 that, that, that's, that's great to hear. And I, I don't think I've ever really had, just that one time at Hickory and they, they took care of it. But generally um, I don't think I've ever really had a pace of play problem out there. Um, I know, like I said, those first couple holes, you know, plus everybody's just getting started, but, you know, and then you hit that bar three and, you know, it, sometimes it, it'll slow down a little bit, but it's, it's always been great. I always love the layout out there. And I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, I was really excited when, I heard you landed there and I think that's a, that's a great addition for them. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, uh, we're having a lot of fun. I know that for sure. And we've got a lot of exciting things in the pipeline and we've just, we've, we've started some things that have really just going to improve revenues and just people's enjoyment of, of the facility. Uh, you know, we're really, really trying to press um, with this new, with the new restaurant, making sure that our, or that community that's around there uses that restaurant, which they have been, it's been gangbusters in there. It's amazing. Just so much. It's, it's been great. They serve really, really, really good food through the place. And we're, we're happy about all of that. And, and golf in general is, is healthy. In my opinion, we're just, things just keep going in the right direction. And I'm, I'm excited about it. And I know Hickory sticks excited about it. Oh, you spoke earlier about the, the T at forward program, whatever that was, you know, what was that maybe a couple of years ago, but what do you think about this rollback of the golf ball at the same time? And then the, the USGA constantly uh, referring to pace of play. And, you know, like you said, they came up with the tee it forward and now they want to roll the ball back. And I know we're a few years away from that actually implementing, but it, it seems to me that that, that does not help pace of play whatsoever in my opinion anyway no no it, it doesn't help pace of play at all and i've seen the data where they say it, you know a, a uh, high handicap individual is not even going to notice it anyways you know and the individuals what was it like basically the the guys that are actually on tour it's a it's about a 10 yard difference why even what's the purpose what's the 10 yards going to do it just, just doesn't make any sense to me why they're messing with that and why the USG is spending time on that. There's so many other things that they could be doing um, that would be more beneficial than, than to try and roll the ball back, roll the, uh, roll the distances back. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, and the problem I had with it was the fact that they did this, maybe it was, God, maybe it was eight years ago or it may be less than eight years ago, and they actually did it with human beings and not with the rollback. And the people that 
had the greatest yardage loss where the people you're going to see playing on a daily basis. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it's not the professionals, you know, what I try to tell everybody, it's like if you took uh, 18 at Hilton Head where guys on the PGA Tour would hit uh, three wood up to the sound there and then then hit on to the green, now they'll just hit driver, if that, because most of them are just going to go, well, I'm going to change some law. I'm going to hit a little more up on the ball, and I'm probably going to keep my same amount of distance. But you're not going to get that from amateurs. And I just it, – it just bugs me that the tee at forward seemed like it was moving in the right direction. We were starting to make tees gender neutral. Instead of having senior tees, ladies' tees, they were all just tee boxes we were getting there. And now it just seems like they're abandoning that, and at the same time, they're going to slow down play at your local course. It doesn't. It does not make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't. No, and I, it, I, I just wondered your perspective about that because it's. I, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I mean, I know the data they put out always supports what they think, but right, we all know that never ends up being the case when it yeah. actually gets put into play. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I I haven't hit any anything like that as far as their actual the ball when it starts to come out as far as how much reduction it's going to be. But I can tell you, I think you're right. It's going to end up being a silly move, uh, just a, just something that might not last very long um, if it even gets there. Quite honestly, there's there's a lot of pushback against it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see, but I can tell you this: I I'm I'm in the same boat with you with this. It, it it doesn't it it's counterintuitive. Why do it? Why well, just doesn't make sense? We want to move people along quicker. Oh yeah, but we're gonna slow the we're gonna we're gonna take some some distance out of the ball instead. Okay, come on, make yeah. your make your mind up, make up your mind. So in with everything you got going on a daily basis, what what is your favorite part of your of your job? Does it come down to you just? The, the grasses, uh, the greens. I mean, what what is it that you like to really focus on or to put your stamp on, if you will? And this this is this is kind of might be a little bit different, but it's actually the people, uh, the people that that uh, are are playing, the people that I work with, uh, the management or not the management, but the ownership group. That's my favorite part of my job as being a individual that can be uh talk with anybody have a conversation with guys laugh be jovial um be part of the the, a team that is all my favorite part of what i do that the turf and all the other things that come along with that is obviously very rewarding and and it's great to see people having a great time out that way but without the people there is no golf if that makes sense yeah Uh, yeah and and to me, I love to be able to have a a conversation with somebody, whether it's a, they're concerned about something or they're they're thrilled about something. Uh, just being a people person and and wanting to be in with groups and being around around those individuals, all of them. That's my favorite part of my job. Well, and I think that I think that's. That's probably a, a huge portion of your job because, you know, you want to have an open ways of communication with not only with golfers, but you definitely want to have it with the owners and with the staff and everybody working together. Because if you don't, it's, it turns into a lack of communication. It can turn into a hazard. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, if you, how, if you, open, go ahead. Yeah. If you're, if you're just being a, a hermit, and you're not talking to people and you're just looking at the grass, you, you're just not going to make it in this industry. How, how open are the owners to you as far as, like you said, hey, I would, I'd like to do this. We want to let the grass grow here. I mean, are they involved hands-on in that? Or they just kind of say, hey, you guys just do what you do. Everything's looking great. and We trust in your ability. It's the second. They uh, they trust in our ability. They trust in what we do, um, and they they are uh, very hands off on on what it is. We we have a very autonomous type of a of a of a relationship that I can do ninety nine percent of the things that I, I I need to do and would like to do. 
Um, when we get into more of a um, renovation process or any type of significant change in, let's just say, bunkering or something of that nature, that's when the guys get more involved. And we're, obviously, I'm happy to have their input. Um, and I'll put together, um, you know, what I'm after and what I need budgetary wise or why I'm doing what I want to do if it's for, for a significant change. But most of it, if not, I mean, it's it's very, very, uh, uh, very free environment that they allow us to do what we need to do. How how is the. Uh is the uh, water and stuff out there. I don't think I've ever played Hickory where I've seen a lot of bare spots or it's been super dry. Um, how, are, I mean, are they, is, is that, that's just your standard grass, right? I mean, we're not talking about anything special as far as, you know, I know it's not zoysia or anything like that, but is how, how are they on water? Is everything coming from the ponds? Yeah, so we have um, a, uh, all the ponds on the golf course connect in one way or another to the irrigation pond. They all drain down into the irrigation pond, which is next to number five and behind number six green. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and that pond is where we pull all the irrigation water out of. So we've got a lot of ponds on the golf course that we can pull water from to fill that pond. Uh, and those ponds, they fill up pretty quickly after a, a good rain or two or whatever happens to be. We have one well on the golf course. That's a, that's a, it's a, it helps uh, with producing a little bit of water, but not much. Uh, the South side of Indianapolis doesn't have very, uh, a very great water uh, uh, wells uh, in certain areas, unless you're near the river, uh, the, uh, the white river there. Right. Um, the uh, when you're on the outside, there's not much water as far as wells go. But the other thing that helps us out is the town of Barbersville. This is a long time ago. Um, they are they are uh, uh, they will discharge some of the uh, water that they would normally discharge into the river uh, into our pond, which is great. Um, wow. So so we we get some we get a little bit of water from those guys also from the uh, affluent type of water. So that's very helpful. Oh, that's that is great. I I was just curious as I know water's a uh, water's obviously a big deal to a golf course and it's also it can also be a major expense. Yes. Yeah, it can be I mean, we're fortunate here in Indiana that water's not a very big deal yet. Uh, it probably will be sometime in the future where we're we're gonna be more uh concerned about how much uh you know major draw facilities are taking. Uh but Hickory stick takes very little as far as a draw. Most of ours is a is a rainwater or the affluent water. So what's uh are there any renovation talks in the future that you can talk about? Or are you guys just gonna try to maintain and work on the uh getting this possibly getting this track man set up or or are there uh future plans? Yeah, the big thing is the big thing is the range and, and the uh, the technology on the range. That's where we're at right now. Uh, once all that gets through, then it's back to the golf course. We we renovated the bunkers on number one and number 18 uh, and then did a little bit of widening of some of the fairways on those two holes um, last last year, early last year. And we were happy with the results um, with all that. And uh, that'll be our next process. And we probably won't do anything like a shut the golf course down, renovate type of thing. It'll be more of a of a uh, piecemeal uh, type of, uh, of renovation. We'll do the worst bunkers first and kind of go through it in that direction. Uh, that kind of keeps costs a little bit more affordable because the way we're going to be doing bunkers is uh, we're removing all the sand, adding what's called a Billy bunker liner system, mm -hmm. uh, which, which is a great, which is a great liner. And then filling the, filling those bunkers back in with a white sand uh, versus a local Brown sand. So it, it gets a little bit pricey. Um, and we'll we'll probably we'll do a couple holes every year uh, once we get through all of the uh, the things that we're doing right now that'll help us produce more revenue. Oh, that's great! Yeah, if, actually, you, could, yeah. if you could do something down the 
running a long nine to keep me from hitting in the eight. <laughs> I would appreciate that. You, you might call it the Steve net or something, but I am getting pretty good of hitting from eight blindly down to that green. <laughs> Number I, nine. I, I, I really stay away from that water. I can guarantee you that. Isn't that so that that is a challenging golf hole because the water that left is close to the fairway, close enough that you think about it. And then the wind is always coming out of the west, out of there. So it's going to push your ball over towards eight. And then it's, it's just a little bit of mind games, and it's over that mound, and you're just looking for it. Now you're in trouble. Well, and not only that, I it's probably one of my favorite holes. Um, it might be one of my favorite holes in the state, just because of when you're looking at it, and if you've played it before, you're thinking, okay, well, I need to get left down the fairway to try to, you know, cause how that it goes down to that green a little to the right. And you think you can hit it up there and get a view down there. And it just brings every hazard into play when the smart plays just hit it down the middle of the damn fairway <laughs> and then lay up down the hill. And get up the green. But you, every time I get up there, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what to do here. And I'm like, you know, as soon as I hit it, I have no clue what to do here because I'm not going to get it there. Oh, it's, it's, great. it's it's such a risk, but it's it is it's one of those holes though when you're it it's it's not deceiving. It, it is if you haven't played there, but if you, yeah, if you yeah. played it a couple times and you look and you're like normally when I take somebody new there they're like where the hell do I hit it? I'm like pretty much anywhere <laughs> but the water or right. <laughs> you know, in the middle of the fairway is going to be great. Take your medicine, lay up down there, try to, you know, try to get a birdie. Par's great on that hole in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it is great on that hole. We, a funny thing about that hole, and I'll mention it real quick, is when we first got the software for the GPS and we had the tracking, they can track the carts and stuff like that. There was actually, I, I don't remember what, what specific day it was, but there was actually more carts that went to the right side of number uh, nine versus down the fairway on that hole uh, because there was more people hitting it to the far right-hand side over those mounds than there were the actual fairway on that day. Well, and I, and I, and I think that's that's that, that's definitely the miss because even if you're lining yeah. up that way and you're trying to draw it, it stays straight. You're over there anyway. Yeah, yeah. But for sure. you just outsmart yourself. It's like you know what? Just hit your normal ball. Just land it in the fairway. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. It gets yep. me every time. I, I can talk about it right now, like I know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm still gonna do the same crap there next time. You, 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 and a lot of folks. They always. There's a lot of guys that mention. Boy, I've hit a lot of shots on number nine from number eight. <laughs> yeah, and I almost I want to tell everybody, hey, if you're gonna hit it bad, hit it bad. I mean, yeah. hit it. As yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's actually true. The further over you are, the better. Yeah, dude, you don't you don't want to be almost right. You got to get over those mounds. You got. Yeah, you sure do. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> so, Brad, what? With with all the places you've worked, and and all the things that you you've seen, what what's that? I mean, what would you if if you said, hey, if 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 you had a, a dream, is it going to be to where you're actually involved in, you know, like a full design of a course, or, or are you more happy at maintaining and uh, working as you are, and then revitalizing? if you will, as you go. I've, I've found that I enjoy more of a revitalization um, at facilities uh, than a total renovation and start from scratch. And the reason that I've, that I've enjoyed that more is because usually the revitalization part, you come into the facility and it's, it's usually pretty bad. So when I when I took over Harrison, he was in real bad shape when I took it over. I mean, it was dead, dead. Um, and then we we brought that back and we put it back into shape and we got a good golf course out of it. When I went to 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 uh, to Heartland, it was as as you mentioned before, it was dead. It was just gone, you know. And we brought it back and we got people excited about it, playing it again. Um, Hickory by no means was, was dead by any stretch of the imagination. It was a very good golf course, but they had, they had gone through a new, with their new ownership that that ownership wanted to revitalize it and, and make it uh, a better facility. And that's what we've done so far. And we're going to, we've got a multi-year plan for that. Um, 
improving improving turf conditions as, as we go along. Um, but I've really enjoyed that, and I I think it's I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that as a as a father, I'm able to spend a little more time with my family. Also, if you're doing a complete and total renovation, you're there a lot, 24/7 almost. There are certain times, um, so this gives me the renovation side as not necessarily as appealing to me while my kids are at the age that they are when I'm a little bit, when they're a little bit older, I might look into something like a complete build. Um, but right now I've really enjoyed bringing something back that, that used to be good. Um, and, and now we're bringing it back into what's back into uh, as good as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed, I, I've noticed in the, the time you've been there, just, just with some little things that have been done. Um, you know, there's always talk in the golf realms, if you will, about um, when they were doing that ownership change before that was going on, there was a lot of talks of, first there was talks of the guys of uh, Dyes Walk buying that, buying Hickory. Then there mm -hmm. was talks about uh, maybe that going to a nine hole course. And mm -hmm. I, I'm all about keeping the courses we have and, you know, trying to, keep them going. Cause I mean, Hickory's a great course. It's, it's a great layout. I, like I said, I've, I've never had a bad time there and I, I really appreciate all the work you're putting into it. And, and, and I, I still can't say enough about what you did at Heartland. I mean, I don't know how many people were there, but that, you know, when I played hole 10 and there was a look like somebody took their Turo push mower out and just mowed a circle in front of the green and they had a flag in the middle of it. I, and, you know, I think I only paid 18 bucks to play there that day. Oh, and, yeah. And to see how bad it was and to see where you got. And I know and talking to the people that have worked there and talking to you and and knowing that the uh, your budget wasn't all it could be. Um, you did a great job there. And I, I can't I, I can't wait to see what you continue to do out there at Hickory Stick. Thank you. I appreciate that, Steve. It's, yeah, Heartland was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Heartland was a lot of fun. But Hickory Stick's been a lot more fun uh, because, because of the budget, because it's there. Um, and it, we're having the opportunity to do some really, really cool things that are going to really be fun for the south side of Indianapolis uh, as, far as, the, as far as the golf world goes. We're really excited about what we've got coming up. Well, Brad, I appreciate you jumping on here today. I mean, I, I honestly do. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time and talking. And I hope people get a different perspective on what it's like to take care of golf courses and maybe get a little different perspective on looking down at the massive divot they just made and fix it. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I hope people listen and, and understand the work you do and how much you do and uh, like I said, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on here and I will uh, let you go to get ready for these games tonight. And yes, uh, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, if you're open to it, I wouldn't mind having you on at a later date, sir. We'd love to, Steve. I'd love to. It'd be, it's always a lot of fun anyways, my man. All right, man. I appreciate it. And you have a good night. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right. Bye. All right, Steve. Bye.